exactly what to do There's nothing good playing on your TV something fun to say and if you don't like it you can get the fuck away point counterpoint hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to point counterpoint the only podcast where i'm never gonna give you up never gonna let you down never going to turn around and desert you? Is that, I think that's it. I don't know. Someone is probably out there just tearing out their hair because I probably I probably uh, butchered that. Here. Uh All right, so I got some stuff to talk to you today about. Uh, man, I'm really tired right now. All I want to do right now is just sit back and have a glass of Kahlua coffee liqueur. Because it's National Kahlua Day, folks. Let's celebrate National Kahlua Day. I hope I hope you're all ready for that. I haven't had Kahlua, but I got a bottle, so I'm gonna have some. This is my first taste of it. I'm not gonna do it on the show though. I don't want to do that. Um, let's see. Uh, I suppose, yeah, let's start talking about, you know, recently I went back and watched a few of my old YouTube videos and, you know, that can get a little cringy sometimes because you were younger then and now you just look at your old stuff and it's like, what was I thinking there? Like, uh. I'll play you an example here. This is the... This is one where, like, actually, it wasn't really cringy on its own. But, like, the response to it was... <laughs> because what I was talking about is I was talking about... we In class, we had just read Death of a Salesman. <laughs> And uh, me and uh, another person in this class were joking around, and we decided that uh, we kind of came up with this uh, humorous theory in it that Linda Lohman, the the wife of uh, God, what was her husband's name? Mr. Lohman, we'll say I don't remember. Uh, but her and Mr. Lohman. Um, But uh, she was having an affair with uh, 
Charlie, is that his name? Uh, who was like this neighbor's friend. And that, that explains why like Charlie's so, so nice because he's been, he's been banging. Oh, it's Willie Loman's uh, wife. He's been banging her. <laughs> and we had like this whole thing <laughs> uh, planned out. And the thing is, it was hilarious when we were talking about it. But I suppose to anyone that was like watching the video when I described the theory, it sounded like I was being like legitimate. <laughs> I don't think they got that it was a joke. And um, where is that? I'm where is it? It's somewhere in here. Uh, there it is. So let me just read. Oh. Yeah, someone someone replied with, where is your evidence? <laughs> so I just replied with, a careful analysis of the text, Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. <laughs> I actually thought there was another comment in there. I wonder if they deleted it or something. I'm sure there is another comment there. Whatever. And this is this is me from this from the video, not Yo not. guys, what is going on today? Today I'm gonna to be talking about a little known fact from Death of a Salesman by Arthur Miller. Right there. See Willie right there? He ain't too happy. And I'll tell you why in a second. So basically it's a little dirty fact about Linda Loman and she is having an affair with Charlie? You ignorant slut. <laughs> That's right, Charlie. You see, basically, she talks about how hard Willie is to put up with. But why does she put up with him then? She knows he's hard to put up with. Why does she do it? And that brings you back to the song, uh, Good Hearted Woman. Which I'll, I can actually get to later. I'll actually play that later. Obviously, duh. She has something that makes her life worthwhile. She has an affair with Charlie. With this, after this, she's able to put up with more because she's she gets what she wants. She gets this good guy versus Willie, who's this unsuccessful salesman. <laughs> he, and he thinks that. He thinks he's successful. He kind of thinks he's successful, Zorda, and he thinks he'll kind of pick up. He just has all his hope. But it never happens. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and, uh, you see, and, you know, he cheated on her as well, and she doesn't really know it, I don't think, but uh, she probably had her suspicions, and because he was over in Baston a lot with, with his lady friend. And, uh, you know, also Happy and Biff, they had, they had their girlfriends, you know, and, uh, and Charlie, obviously Linda, had, she had, he had Linda, and, uh, you know, she would always defend Willie because even, even though he was hard to put up with, she was able to put up with him because of the one good thing in her life, Charlie. So, like, even when Biff would, like, just rant on his father, Willie, 
she would just defend him and call Biff a bum. I mean, that's normal, right? You call your kid a bum, right? I mean, Charlie was a good friend of Willie's, and he helped him out, gave him money. He wanted to give him a better job, 50 bucks a week. That was a lot for back then, you know, $50 a week. Okay, you get the idea. But then he did this back little then, thing at the end. And peace out. Linda? You ignorant slut. <laughs> oh, but let's all shed a tear for poor Linda. There was only testimony that she had sexual intercourse over 40 times with another man while living with Willie Lumen. But I suppose that sort of fashionable promiscuity means nothing to someone like you, Linda, who hops from bed to bed with the frequency of a cheap ham radio. <laughs> but hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And Linda Lumen. Like a screeching, squealing, rapacious swamp sow is after Charlie's last three million dollars i guess what you and linda are saying is that when you're on your backs the meter is running well, <laughs> well please spare us gals and tell us the rates at the top then we can choose which two-bit tarts and bargain basement sluts to shack up with all right what's another one um Oh yeah, here's another co here's another made up conspiracy theory I did. Hey guys, today I'm gonna explain why Bernie Sanders is actually an alien. <laughs> First, look at his hair. It's like Donald Trump's, but white. Just look at him. He's also a socialist. Socialism advocates for collective ownership, which is something many people believe alien societies have in their little utopias. Just look at this fella. Doesn't he look like an alien? Look at him in his youth. Just look at that face. He looks so... Alien-like. <laughs> this he is so sure cringy. Does not look human. He even has a pointed tongue and slit pupil. We can't let him become too powerful because he is an alien. <laughs> There's a meme. The messier his hair becomes, the more the, the more powerful he gets. Or mess, the messier his hair gets, the more powerful he becomes. An illegal alien at that. <laughs> and don't even get me started on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But it was also cringy. Um, I've had a couple videos that actually got a lot of views. Like How to Talk Minnesotan has 91,000 views on it as of as of now it has 91,000 um also uh what was the other one that has a lot it was uh, oh it was the the Colbert report nailed him i reposted it because you can't really find it anywhere especially on youtube uh because like it it featured uh this guy that was like a friend of my uncle's so, uh, put that up there. 
of that quality. crisis, Americans are still angry at big banks. No Wall Street executives have gone to jail. No one has been held accountable. No criminal charges, uh, no individual fines, which was incredible. <laughs> but now, one bank, Wells Fargo, has finally nailed the highest level white-collar mortgage banker to date. My name is Richard Eggers. I am 68 years old. This is the face of corporate greed. <laughs> I worked at the uh, Wells Fargo Mortgage Center in West Des Moines, Iowa. West Des Moines, the financial nerve center of the greater Des Moines metroplex. <laughs> My physician at uh, Wells Fargo was pretty much in the white-collar trenches. But not anymore, because Wells Fargo has brought the hammer down on this financial fraudster. And it's about damn time. Criminals have no place in banking. Banking is all about public trust. Former head of the FDIC, Sheila Bear, spoke to us from deep within her bank vault, seen here on the cover of her bank book, in the vault of her bank, where she's holding the book. Look, if you do something illegal, uh, you should suffer the consequences for it. And make no mistake, Eggers' crimes go way back. I was 18 years old in 1963. On this particular evening, I was spending time with a high school friend and he had to take his clothes That's to the laundromat. After we'd been there for an hour or so, and he'd gone through the war cycle and everything, I simply got bored. I cut out two dime-sized pieces of paper from a uh, detergent package like this. I was just trying to see if a cardboard dime would activate the abortion machine. He made a fake dime. That's called money fraud. Luckily, alert policemen arrested Eggers for this money laundering. <laughs> next 50 years, Richard Eggers ran from his past until Wells Fargo's crack team of investigators uncovered the truth and did the right thing. I was taken to a conference room. There were uh, two individuals from Human Resources there, plus my supervisor, and they just simply let me know that due to this criminal activity in my past, I was uh, no longer qualified to work for Wells Fargo. Nailed them! With this action, Wells Fargo is sending a strong message to all corporate criminals. <laughs> Say goodbye to your limo, your private jet, your luxury yacht, or in Egger's case, his suburban estate and his designer suspenders. Harsh? Yes. But that's the price of malfeasance in international high finance. I was not involved in high finance. I was involved in handling routine small problems that customers may have with their mortgages. Close enough. Reach for comment. Wells Fargo took a refreshing stand for integrity. Once we know someone has a criminal record involving the money, that's not your future trust. We still are employees. Yes, because for confidence to be restored to our global financial institutions, 
A mortgage call center employee from West Des Moines must be held accountable. White fault lady? Well, that's a little extreme. I mean, I, I, I know I just said a crime's a crime, yeah. but I mean, but now maybe it's just a... Uh, what? That's a... Uh, that does, that does, that does sound a little... I mean, people should be able to... Uh, what, be a criminal? <laughs> wow, I don't know what to say to that. Well, we do. Nailed them. What nonsense. Nailed them. We'll be right back. What do you think of Wells Fargo? I can't. This is. I recorded this back at the time that I uploaded. Hear you. Yeah. So anyway, guys, just make sure to give this video a. a <laughs> oh, the Wells Fargo wagon is a coming down the street. Uh, which it's gonna be for me. I think I think that's how it goes. Jeez. So remember <laughs> Stephen Colbert, Bunny Sundus, uh and Willie Loman and Linda Loman. Uh oh yeah. So back to to the conspiracy thing that I created about the Linda Loma thing. It reminded me of a podcast I li recently listened to where Trey Parker was talking about how a lot of these different jokes that uh, he comes up with, like with Matt Stone, um, it all starts with just a couple guys, especially like writing a song for like a musical. Just a couple guys just sitting around just laughing and just having a great time. And a lot of the time, it turns out to be something that's not funny to other people. It's just to the two people involved. So I'm sure all of you have had experiences like that. Like there's two other people that are laughing and you're like, what are they laughing about? Or, or you know what they're laughing about, but you don't think it's that funny. <laughs> well, we've all had that experience, folks. All right. So it being Black History Month... um. I started to talk about a song we were going to do in choir. It's called Ain't Got Time to Die. First, I'll give y'all a little history here, a little background. So what we're going we're gonna to do, this song, and uh, I'll, just, I'll just sing a little bit for you. I'll, I'll, most, I'll mostly sing the solo part, even though I normally do the tenor part. So bear with me here if, I, if I'm not sure how something goes, because I don't, I don't do the solo. So, it's 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 a spiritual, um, and it goes, Lord, I keep so busy praising my Jesus, keeps keep so busy praising my Jesus, keep so busy praising my Jesus, ain't got time to die, cause it takes all, all of my time to praise my Jesus. I can only do my own part. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna do that. Cause it takes all of my time to praise my Jesus, all of my time to praise my Lord. If I don't praise him, the rock's gonna cry out, glory and honor, glory and honor. Ain't got time to die. Then I uh, keep so, then keep, Lord, I keep so busy working for the kingdom, keep so busy working for the kingdom. Then uh, finally. Another one uh, keeps so busy. Uh, um, 
Oh, the next one is that's is the problematic verse. Keep so busy serving my master. Okay, so here's the here's the problem. So what happened is someone outside the choir uh, emailed about this, saying that they had a problem with that lyric. And I mean they're right. It's they're justified in it because you know obviously if you just look at the lyric, it's obviously about slavery but in order to fully understand that part of the song you have to understand the cultural context of spirituals and a lot of the time what would happen is they would sing in code essentially so they would say lord i keep so busy serving my master now when the the slave master was listening to this song they would think that they're talking about serving their master. But that's not what they're saying at all. They're saying they're talking about their heavenly master, not their earthly master. So they're saying, no, 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 I'm not serving my human master here. I'm not serving them. I'm serving I'm serving the man upstairs. You know? But they're wording it in a way intention it's intentional to sound like but it's it's understandable why people would be upset though. I understand. But you have to remember it's not real they're not really talking about a human master. You have to remember that this spirituals are inherently religious songs. In fact I'll 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 play I'll find a actual choir singing it. Um Ooh, Renee Clausen. That's that's always good. He's a director at Concordia.
truth, I was, I got so like entranced when I was listening to that. I wasn't actually listening to see if that one lyric was in there. So let me just, for my, for my own. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. So they did use that. Uh, sometimes when I'm, when I'm listening to a song, I just get into it. I just, yeah. But actually, that brings me into the next topic, very conveniently, actually. And I wanted to talk about this concept that I had heard on a podcast. It was, it, it wasn't like a scientific idea, like with proof behind it that it was that I heard it from but it was more like a speculation really like the idea that music can have effects on at a cellular level on the human on the human body like like the vibrations of the in the sound waves will vibrate in a certain way to affect the cells which in some way it seems like well yeah of course so like uh I'll just like I, I just played a song, but here's another one. A little different genre. This is the song that I was gonna play before. Good hearted woman. A long time forgotten dreams that just fell by the way. The good life he promised. Ain't what she's living today. Really? But she never complains of the bad times or the bad things he's done wrong. Yeah. She just talks about the good times they've had and all the good times to come. She's a good hearted woman in love. She loves him in spite of his ways She don't understand Through teardrops and laughter The past of this world hand in hand A good-hearted woman Loving a good-hearted man He likes the bright lights and nightlife and good time friends. And when the party's all over, she'll welcome him back home again. Lord knows she don't understand him, but she does the best that she can. Now this a good-hearted woman. She's a good-hearted woman in love with a good-hearted man. She loves me in spite of my wicked ways that she don't understand. Through teardrops and laughter, the past of this world hand in hand. A good-hearted woman. Love 
So that leads me into my next topic. Actually, it's the same really the same topic, but it leads me into an, a segment of the show that I like to call Journal Club. So I just before I started recording this because I didn't have time before. Um, I started looking for an article that's along the lines of what I was just talking about. You know, cellular effects of. of the effects of music on the cells. So let me just read this abstract here. I haven't actually read this abstract yet, so I don't really know if it's going to be. <laughs> so so it just says direct effects of music in non-auditory cells in culture. <laughs> but we'll see. The biological effects of electromagnetic waves are widely studied, uh, especially due to their harmful effects such as radiation-induced cancer and and to their application in diagnosis and therapy. However, the biologic effects of sound, another physical agent to which we are frequently exposed, have been considerably disregarded by the scientific community. Although, number, although a number of studies suggested that the emotions evoked by music may be useful in medical care, alleviating stress and notoception in patients undergoing surgical procedures as well as in cancer and burned patients, little is known about the me mechanisms by which these effects occur. It is generally accepted that the mechanosensory hair cells in the ear transduce the sound-induced mechanical vibrations into neural impulses, which are interpreted by the brain and evoke the emotional effects. In the last decade, however, several studies suggested that the response to music is even more complex. Moreover, recent evidence comes out uh, that cell types other than auditory hair cells could res could respond to audible sound. Yeah. Uh, however, what is actually sensed by the hair cells and possible by the other cells in our organism are physical differences in fluid pressure induced by the sound waves. Therefore, there is no reasonable impediment for any cell type of our body to respond to a physical sound or to music. Uh. Hence, the aim of the present study was to evaluate the response of a human breast cancer cell line, MCF7, to music. The results obtained suggest that music can alter cellular morphofunctional parameters, such as cell size and granularity in cultured cells. Moreover, our results suggest that for the first time that music can directly interfere with hormone binding to their targets, suggesting that music or audible sounds could modulate physiological physiological and pathophysiological processes. That coming from Lestard Indos R uh, Valente R C Lopez A G Capella M A. Um where's the where's the reference to this? Don't tell me that's the name of the journal. Um, whatever. But where's the year? That one I, 
I would like to see. 2013. Okay. Is there anything else on the subject? Huh. What about this? Effects of music on immune system with measurement of white blood cells. Ooh. I like that. But music has has great psychologic effects on not only human but not but animals and plants as well. Nowadays, music therapy is a specialized course in well-known American and European universities. Due to its f effects and lack of previous surveys, this study was performed in three different periods from 1370 to 1382. Materials and methods. Uh, this was a crossover clinical study. Okay. I just wanted to... Oh, conclusions. I'll go to that. Uh, this study indicates that Nay-Nava music can influence the number of WBCs as a soma to and mood stabilizer. Music can reduce the number of WBCs in peripheral sphere. This study can be the basis of other surveys to evaluate of the, mu of the effect of different source of music on immune system. Uh, okay. Now, here's my question. What's Nay-Nava music? I have no idea what that is. Sounds like from it's from India or something. Huh. Gonna skip ahead. Skip ahead. Oh. Neva and a Song of Compassion are two pieces by leading Persian composer Hossein Alizadeh Neneva. I haven't even heard of this guy. Where is this article coming out of? Shahid Be Beheshti University of Medical Sciences. It's in Tehran, so. That's an article out of Tehran. Okay. It's too long to read. I'm not going to read that. I don't have that much time. Um, I could read it later, but I'm not going to read it now. All right. I want to talk about motherfucking chimps. Chimps are the badasses of the animal kingdom, man. If chimps were given weapons of human caliber, they could, they could fuck us up, man. Like here, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up some pictures of them. 
chimps. Now look at those guys. They're ripped as shit. This is this is my <laughs> imitation of Joe Rogan, who uh, some sort of uh, someone put out a graph showing how many times he mentioned chimp uh, with in different conversations with different people. <laughs> what was it? It was oh, I forgot. I forgot who it was that he mentioned it with the most. <laughs> it wasn't Joey Diaz. Um, but I'm gonna. I'm going to take a step farther. I'm not going to talk about chimps. I'm going to talk about those honey badgers, man. Those honey badgers. Those things are f smart little fuckers. You know? Like you, you try to you can't just put them in any kind of cage, you know. You got to you you, you got to think, you know. Like I remember one time I was seeing this documentary about honey badgers and as the video says, honey badger don't care. They they had two honey badgers in this in this uh, fence, in an area, and uh, they go they went up to the gate and one of them was standing on the other one's back to reach the little latch for the fence. They reached up there, pushed it up, and got out. And then they've gotten out of multiple enclosures, so they they gave up on the fence, put them in like this wall, but they would like take branches that had been laying around, pile them up, climb out. Eventually, they had to have no li nothing lying around that, that could be moved uh, to, in order to climb up. They just had, like, one tree, like, in the middle of the thing. The branches won't, won't extend out far enough for them to climb out. They're smart. They're resourceful. And then they, like, get out. They, go, they get into your house, and they'll pull stuff out of your fridge and make a mess. <laughs> but let's see also. Here. The classic video. This is the honey badger. Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a jackal. Oh my gosh. Oh, the honey badgers are just crazy. The honey badger has been referred to by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most fearless animal in all of the animal kingdom. It really doesn't give a shit. If it's hungry, it's hungry. Ew, what's that in its mouth? Oh, it's got a cobra. Oh, it runs backwards. Now watch this. Look, a snake's up in the tree. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. Whenever it's hungry, it just, ew, and it eats snakes. Oh my god, watch it dig. Look at that digging. The honey badger is really... <laughs> it's true. Like, nothing, nothing will mess with a honey badger. Like, the hyena will leave him alone, even though the hyena has, like... An insanely crazy bite, like it's it'll, it'll crush bone their their jaws, but they'll leave them alone. They'll they'll let the honey badger do what it wants when they go to feed at night. Go scavenge. They see a honey badger, they'll keep their distance. The honey badger, um, they'll kill cobras, and they don't even care if they get bitten. Like they'll just fall asleep, sleep it off. They wake up. Honey badger don't give a shit.
really pretty badass. They have no regard Billy for bees? any other animal whatsoever. Look, and it's just grunting and ew, eating snakes. Ew, what's that, a mouse? Oh, that's nasty. Oh, they're so nasty. Oh, look, it's chasing things and eating them. The honey badgers have a fairly long body, but a distinctly thick set, broad shoulders, and, you know, their, their skin is loose, allowing them to move about freely. And they twist around. Now look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. It goes right into the house of bees to get some larvae. How disgusting is that? It eats larvae. Ew, that's so nasty. But look, the honey badger doesn't care. It's getting stung like a thousand times. It doesn't give a shit. It just, it's hungry. It doesn't care about being stung by bees. Nothing can stop the honey badger when it's hungry. Oh, what a crazy fuck. Look. Ew, it's eating larvae. That's disgusting. There it is, running in slow motion again. See? Now, what's interesting is that other, other animals, like these birds here, they just like to wait around until the honey badger's done eating, and then it swoops in to pick up the scraps. It says, you do all the work for us, honey badger, and we'll just eat whatever you find. How's that? What do you say, stupid? Look at this bird. Thanks for the treat, stupid. Hey, come back here, says the honey badger. Birds don't care. And you know what? The jackals do it, too. Look at these little dogs. They're like, thanks, stupid. Thanks for the mouse. See you later. The honey badger does all the work while these other animals just pick up the scraps. At nighttime, the honey badger goes hunting because it's hungry. Look, here comes a fierce battle between a king cobra and a honey badger. I wonder what'll happen. Look at this. There's the honey badger just eating a mouse. And then look, get away from me, says the snake. Get away from me. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger smacks the shit out of it. And the snake comes back and it lashes right at the honey badger. Oh, little does the honey badger know, FYI, it's been stung. It's been bitten by the snake. So while it's eating the snake, ew, that's disgusting. Meanwhile, the poisonous venom is seeping through the honey badger's body and it passes out. Look at that sleepy fuck. Now the honey badger is just gonna pass out for a few minutes and then it's gonna get right back up and start eating all over again because it's a hungry little bastard. Look at this. Like nothing happened, the honey badger gets right back up and continues eating the cobra. How disgusting. And of course, what does the honey badger have to eat for the next three weeks? Cobra, the honey badger. <laughs> um. So. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about the chimps with Rogan. Also, first, um, the honey badger in that they'll, they, they're immune to the cobra venom. Uh, the same goes for mongooses, which now live in Puerto Rico because they were released to control the cobra population, which was accidentally released. So they released the mongooses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I believe I believe they released mongooses in Hawaii too to control the mo the mouse population. Problem is, one is I believe it's the mongoose that's nocturnal, but the mice are not. So their schedules don't align. And it was just useless to bring them over. <laughs> I saw that movie Chimpanzee. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like some Disney thing. Like oh, Elon like, Cow. What movie was that? It's literally called Chimpanzee. Who is it? A documentary? <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't realize chimps did calculated cruelty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, we know better because we've advanced. 
But if we hadn't, we'd be like, man, I don't want to fucking live in a house. I like the chimp ways, bro. Chimp ways to go. This is it, man. Chimp life. It's the only life I know. But we, in a way, to the AI, might be like those chimps. I don't know. I mean, how much do we think about chimps? Not much. Very little. And it's true. These chimps are at war. I saw that David Attenborough documentary on chimps where they were eating those colobus monkeys and ripping them yeah. apart. It's just I go, oh, this is why people are so crazy. We came from that thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I mean, there's the bonobos. Yeah. They got a like better philosophy. Yeah, they're like swingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> they just seem to resolve everything with sex. Yeah. The only rules they have is the mom won't bang the son. That's it. Okay. They're good women. Yeah. Good women in the bonobo community. Everybody else just banging it out. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the bonobo movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're disturbing just at a zoo. You know, you have bonobos at the zoo. They're just constantly going. They're constantly fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they do. Just won't stop. Yeah, and they don't care. Gay, straight, whatever. Let's just fuck. What's with these labels? <laughs> I haven't seen bonobos at a zoo. It's probably like not, not, in the, not in the PG section. Yeah, I don't think they have them at many zoos. We've yeah. looked at them. Yeah, yeah, it's probably they? pretty awkward. Yeah. I think that's the thing. They like to keep regular chimps at zoos because bonobos are just always jacking off. And <laughs> yeah. What's that? They have in San Diego? San Diego's just got them. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Probably separate okay. them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean how many other are in a cage? You know, it's like right. it's going to be pretty intense. <laughs> um, about all right. Let me see if I can find. Um. I guess I can't find it. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Um, okay. 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 So... It was, mm, when was it? Last spring. I started watching this one fight of MMA, UFC, you know. Um, and I don't watch, I don't watch MMA, like at all. But I clicked on this fight, and uh I went through a few bantamweight fights. Um, those are good. Yeah. So I went through those fights, the smaller people. And they got to heavyweights. And... There was a fight between Matt Mitrione and Sergei Kirinotov, American and uh, Russian. Apparently, those, these are both pretty famous dudes. And this is the first fight that I had really seen in entirety, besides like walking by and happening to see it on TV. 
Like I actually sat, I actually wanted to watch this fight. So I was watching. And all of a sudden, um, Mitrione, the American, goes for a kick. And the kick misses. And it doesn't hit him in the leg. And he was obviously aiming for the leg. This was not intentional. But he went up there, and his kick went directly to the nuts. It was not fun to watch. I, I, I don't enjoy this sort of pain in people. That was, it was, even considering that it was unintentional, it was uncalled for. <laughs> but you could just see, but a second or two after he was hit, all of a sudden he just, he, Sergei just freezes. He's down on his knees, just, just in pain, just laying on the ground. That one you could hear. That's yeah, that one. I, I knew that I knew that it it was gonna happen as soon as I saw it, but you could you can tell if you if you watch his leg, it was going for a leg shot. It was like a few seconds into the fight too. The paratrooper, the Russian, Teratonov in the blue box. That one you could hear. That's what I'm talking about when one goes and of course, the, corner, the crowd boos because they didn't get a fight. And also, nobody likes to. No, no man wants to see another innocent man in that kind of pain. Probably no woman either. <laughs> but I don't want to speak for you. I probably shouldn't speak for all men either. There's probably some weird guys that are. I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that shows those Russians. I don't like, I don't like people like that. People that wish pain upon others are a scourge to this earth. But just think of the chances that that's the fight that I started watching. Like, why did it have to be that one? But you know that's the way that's the way the cookie crumbles, you know. Oh yeah. Um. Um. Let's I'm trying to sing in German. I'm, I'm so, I know. Okay, I just I don't know any German except for a few words, and I can't even read along here. I can't. I don't know the pronunciations. That that was a fail. That was just embarrassing. Oh. A Schubert. 
So a fisherman is sitting there waiting for this trout to come closer. And it's clear water. And he gets tired of waiting for the trout to get closer. And he decides to muddy the water to confuse the fish. And the fish can't see. So all of a sudden he feels the fish on, his, on the line. He catches him. And he looks at the betrayed fish after tricking him. That's the song. This has been Point Counterpoint. I'm your host, Chris Wright, with KUST University of St. Thomas, Campus Radio. It's been Lit Fam. Namaste, and I'll see you in the next episode.